Welcome to a brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff joining you this week and joining me this week is our veteran freelance writer, the Indiana Sports Writing and Sports Casting Hall of Famer, Steve Cross. Steve, how are we today? Thanks for having me again, Austin. Appreciate it. Happy Valentine's Day. As we just made the joke beforehand, it's sweet to have you here I, with us. I don't even know how to make that heart the thing heart with, hands? Your, with your hands. I don't even know Steve how to do that. Steve just tried to make heart hands. It didn't it's a go good that thing well. That it's, it's a good thing this is a, not a visual medium. Yeah. No, it's it's okay, Steve. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're... We're here for you. Emotional support. We will we'll get you through this. Um, Steve is here because it is State Wrestling Week. And uh, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, not many people know wrestling better in the state than Steve Craw helps out uh, with all of our, does all of our postseason coverage and also helps out with Indiana Matt um, covering the state, covering Northern Indiana specifically. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk wrestling. Let's just t- jump right into it. We'll start with that. We obviously have a lot else going on. Girls basketball semi-states have been set. And uh, boys basketball, girls swimming state meet. we got a lot to get to. Um, but we will start with wrestling. We have 11 wrestlers from the Goshen News coverage area that will be competing at the state tournament this weekend. Uh, four from Wawasee, two from Elkhart, two from El- North, sorry, two from Jimtown. Words are hard. And then one each from Goshen, Northwood, and Concord. Um, Steve, you were at the Fort Wayne semi-state. We had four runners-up, um, two from Jimtown, both Jimtown kids, Mikey Calamani, Connor Watts, and then Nash Schubert at 195 from Elkhart. And I believe um, Braden, no, Braden Jelson was third. Con- or, I should have looked this up before I started just speaking. Steve, you take it away. You, you were there. Who, who did well? Who stood out for us? Well, um like you said, uh, the the two Jimtown kids, which are Mikey Calamani at 132 pounds, and and um, Connor Watts at 160, are two of the, of the two Jimtown kids. Uh, Northwood's Caden Lone at 182 is still at it. Armin Kotukian, 195 of Concord. Leish Detweiler of Goshen also got through. Um, and then the Elkhart kids are, like you said, Nash Schubert, 195, and Braden Jellison, at 285. Um, as they've been doing the whole tournament, the top four placers, at, there, I'm going to pop my pee. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do it all the time. Okay. But the, the, top, yeah. the top four in each, in each weight division sectional, which for those, that group, group of guys that go to the Fort Wayne semi-state is Elkhart and then the regional was a Goshen in a case of Wawasee geography doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. it's kind of odd that they go that way but it is what it is they go to the Plymouth sectional and they go to the Penn regional and then East Chicago is where the semi-state is so you have to finish in the top four now if you win your Stage, then you see a fourth placer from another site in the next round. If you're second, you finish. Then you go against a third place guy or third against a second. So, right. so winning is very helpful, but you can get a tough draw no matter where you no matter where you fall. So. Right. We kind of talked about that a couple of weeks ago with like 
you know, some some semi-states could be harder than others. So if you get fourth place at one semi-state, and you could you could still be like a top ten overall wrestler potentially. And if you know you you could face a first place guy from another semi-state that maybe wasn't they won, but maybe it's a little easier to win that. Sure. Weight in class, the case of the in know. the case of the Plymouth um, or the Penn Regional. And one of the weight class, I believe, was one fifty two or Hunter Hunter Miller is. Right. All four guys at the regionals got through to the state. Yeah. And that's no small feat to do that. Yeah, it's impressive actually to be able, especially at, at that semi state when Crown Point is there and they're one of the best teams. We talked about this too a couple weeks ago. Crown Point's one of the best teams, not only in the state but the country right now at the high school level so they right. they are the favorite going into this weekend you, you to win. have earned your way through if you get through fort wayne but if you go through east chicago even more so i think yeah um i wanted to talk about um nash schubert a little bit he had a he had to pull a couple upsets it looked like to to win or to get to second place i know he had a good showing at sectional and regional but it seems like he um, he pulled maybe a couple upsets there to to get to uh, semi state. That's right. He that's right. He didn't. He was he would not have uh, been favored in his first two matches. And what Steve's what, bringing out the uh, the bracket. Yeah. The what way. what He's they talk it. what they talk about it uh, in wrestling is the ticket round. And when you say what what is what does that mean? Well, you punch your ticket. That's become the the phrase over the years. And if you get to the ticket win the ticket round which means when in that bracket you have to win two matches so right. um unfortunately there were wrestlers this year that lost in the ticket round and that's the only loss they had the whole season but because they don't wrestle back completely yeah. um when you wrestle back you can get as high as third but they don't do that yeah travis henke from northridge he was 38 no going to the ticket Tra- round and Tra- lost. travis henke is one of those yeah. Tough, tough but he's great, 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 season, great but, sophomore year, so he right. has a couple of more years to right. uh, to do to take care of that. Um, Schubert, um, MJ Norman of Western, very good wrestler, and then he turned around and beat uh, Mickey Daring from Fort Wayne Lowers, and those were probably least nominal upsets. So he and he faced Deming um, from from Rochester and that's a you know he's a very highly considered wrestler because he's I think he's he's 42 and 0 now or 40 mm-hmm. 43 and 0 now so he hasn't been beaten right so right. yeah that that is the upset uh Leish Detweiler of Goshen um I talked to Jim Pickard yeah what's last the, night and, what's and, the status well Leish is Leish had to Injury default in the consolation round, the third place match, and it's because he had a pulled muscle, a a stinger. Um, the medical team says you can't wrestle when you can't feel your arm. So, well, that, that's an but issue, he's yeah. but he's gonna but he's gonna be fine. They say that's good. Yeah, but it's, good. it just he just it was something from the regional. He had a, a knot in his you know wherever and it was making a pinch nerve and that they worked through that and so they're working through that this week so he he should be good to go um but he is at um 182 pounds mm-hmm. so he beats uh austin ring of 
of Maconaqua. That was probably an upset, according to Coach Pickard. And then he turns around and he beats... Um, no, he beat... I'm sorry, Jay Weck of... Uh, Jay Wink of Jay County and then Ringheisen. Those, those two were... And then... Uh, the Al Capone VZ, who's from Snyder, and is pretty good. Yeah, he's a monster, and I I did a feature on him for uh, around Al Smith time for the Indiana Mat. So he's a very good one. So that would have been a uphill climb, uh, but that's who knocked him right. knocked uh, Leish into the uh, consolation yeah. match. But then he wasn't able to go. And then so. and then that guy beat Caden Lone for the championship. Um, that's that's right. correct, and. Uh, Caden Lone and and Leish Detweiler have been going back and forth all through the regular season, then the postseason, the mm-hmm. NLC. So they see NLC match, NLC tournament, sectional, regional. Yeah. They went they four times. Seen, they would have seen each other in the semi-state, except they didn't. They were on opposite sides of the bracket, so they didn't yeah. see each other. They they were I, on a collision course, except for. I think the only way the, they could see each other at state too would be in the final. Which would be pretty amazing if we had two kids right in the, and, wrestling and, in the final. Right, and they try to separate people that are in their own, you know, the same tournament path. So yeah, that's right. That tends to be the case. Yeah. But uh, I also want to give one more shout out individually before we kind of talk about state. Um, Donovan Blair at Wawasee, he pulled an upset over uh, Crown Points Anthony White in the set, in the ticket round to get to state. So congratulations to him, 195. And then he lost to uh, Christian Chavez from Mishawaka, who's undefeated. So if you're going to lose, I guess, someone, an undefeated Fr- guy. Frank Bumgarner, the Wawasee coach, used the phrase, shock the world. He's <laughs> kind of shocked the world. I mean, because he's just getting better and better as the tournament season is going along. I mean, there's not too many 13 lost wrestlers to go to the state finals. But he's there, and so, you know, why not him? Yeah, no, he's he, he wouldn't is. be favored necessarily going into some of the matches, but yeah. he's he's been beating people he's not supposed to beat. Yeah, already. So, so I'm gonna try to read through these quickly, as quickly as possible. Here's our 11 wrestlers and their first round matchups. This is also on our website, IHSA or not? Our website is GoShaNews.com. You can also find them on IHSA.org. Um, Concord senior Carbon Armin Kultukin, 185 pounds. He's facing off with. Connorsville senior Orland Foster, 35 and 7 versus 42 and 3 there. So it should be a good first round matchup. Nash Schubert at 195. He's taking on Wyatt Woodall from Southmont. 35 and 1 record for Woodall, 22 and 6 for Schubert. And then Elsa Elkhart, 285. Braden Jellison, the senior, going to state for a second year in a row. He was sixth at 285 last year. Uh, 31 and 5 record against Eli Smith from Zionsville, 25 and 8 record. Uh, we mentioned Detweiler from Goshen, 182. He's 42 and four on the season. He gets a sophomore from Brownsburg and Caden Brewer, 31 and nine record. The two Jimtown kids, Mikey Calamani, senior, 38 and three record. He's taking on Odin Fortune, a senior from Evansville Wrights. So you say that Wrights? Mm-hmm. I always want to say Reitz, and Wrights is how you say it. Right. 42 and two versus 38 and three. There, that's a, another good first round matchup right there. And then Connor Watson, 160, 35 and 5, taking Ben Schaefer from Chesterton, 37 and 11 record. Caden Lone, the senior, one at Northwood, 41 and 5, 182 pounds. His first round matchup is Bray Amarine from Floyd Central, 27 and 3. 
And then the four Walba Sea Kids, 106 pounds, Caleb Salazar, 36 and 5, taking on Matt Baylor, a freshman from Milan, 47 and 1. Maybe he can channel that 1954 boys basketball team and, and run Milan to the state championship. Um, Cameron Center, a freshman, our only freshman, I believe, from our coverage area going to state, 113 pounds, 31 and 10 record, taking on Jalen May of Kokomo, who's 43 and 0. So tough matchup there for Center. 152 pounds, we mentioned Hunter Miller, 33 and 6, taking on Zach Lang, a junior from Hamilton Southeastern, 34 and 7, and then Donovan Blair, 29 and 13 at 195 pounds, taking on Gunnar Henry from Brownsburg, 31 and 8. Um, I know that was a lot. Info dump. Again, it's all on our website. Um, but Steve, all, the, kind of all this information will be in my advance that we're going to run yes, later in the week. Yes, and the state so. preview, which is coming out Thursday. Um, when you kind of look at those first-round matchups, is there one in particular that stands out as this might be the best one and who maybe has the best chances of advancing to Saturday from our coverage area? Again, it's a lot, I know. but Well, I think I like... Uh, experience guys that have been down there before I'm not that the other ones are going to be intimidated that they're going down there for the first time but you've got Caden Lone that'll be down there for the third time and he's been on the victory podium so gotta like his chances uh, at least to uh, at least to get through and, and to place fairly high I think Braden Jellison at uh, at Elkhart in the heavyweights, he's been down there before. He he was a placer before as well. So I, I like those guys' chances. A lot of these other guys are going down for the first you know for the first time. Um, Armin Kaltukian uh, has been close. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he got down last year. Obviously, lost a tough first round match. Yes, he's been there before. Yeah. So you got to like him. I mean, you never know. He's got a senior with forty two wins. Yeah. So, but. You know, Armin is tough, so... That is a great matchup on paper that, that, there. On paper, that might be as good as any of the, the first-round matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you got to think, even though some of these seniors going for the first time, like, they're going to be extra motivated given it's their senior year. And not, that's how all seniors are going to be, no matter what, but... Sure. Yeah. There's something else that I wanted to point out. Yes. About that. All, all the tickets... Uh, tickets are fifteen dollars per session and twenty five for all sessions. Reserve seating and digital only. There's no such thing as walking up and buying a ticket. State finals. It's very limited. Uh, even the even the teams won't get that many tickets. I don't know they'll have any record crowds because they're being uh, for some reason they're that's at least that's what I'm hearing now. Um, and they're going to reconfigure. Uh, they're going to have, instead of having four mats straight across, they're going to have one, two stacked, and then one. And that has to do with where they're going to have people sitting and, and such. So. Yeah. So, that's, you, so be forewarned if you're planning to go to Indianapolis. Do you like that? I mean, is it better, easier with that stack? Or do you prefer when it's four mats all across the floor? Well, if I'm sitting up in the, uh, in the stands, I definitely want to be on one of the edges i guess if, if that's the case if you're away from that i don't know that that helps you much if you're if you're on 
say map four is at the end and map one and that's where mm-hmm. you're trying to look at you got to look look a distance anyway so right just a strange not everybody strange. can get up and move especially if you're in up in the stands it feels strange to change it after so many years of being you know the same way right I guess we can just say that with anything the IHSA's done. Right. The they're, girls' basketball they're looking, tournament, They're too. looking at social distance things, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm not exactly sure why now yeah. that they're still doing it that way. But there's, I mean, there's a, there tends to be a very big time uh, presence of people covering them and right down by the, near the mat. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody for the second or third year in a row, nobody... Outside of a, people with a camera, yes, but nobody else will be allowed near the mat. That those people will be upstairs. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too. So, um, I like I like Caleb Salazar too. By the way, from Wallasey, he just he we talked about it a couple weeks ago too. But you don't really get many experienced 106 guys usually, um, and so he's you know he he was close to going to state last year. He's there now. I could see him. I know the Milan kid is forty-seven and one, and that's nothing to sneeze at. But I think Salazar's got a good chance to to win on on Friday and get to Saturday, and, and we'll see what he does. You might be able to say this about a lot of these guys, but I think Caleb Salazar's essentially been wrestling since he came out of the womb. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't he's, think he had a he's, choice. He, he's been into a wrestling family. His dad was a wrestler. His brothers, are, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously his uncle is the assistant coach. Uh, Jamie, right? So, right. So, so wrestling has been his thing. He's just um, all kinds of scrappy. That all the Salazar kids yeah. are. Yeah. Again, I don't think he had a choice. He didn't have much of a choice when he was growing up. He was going to wrestle. So, uh, Friday, first round action starts at two thirty. Two p.m. Sorry, two p.m. The tournament of champ or the walk of champions. What do they call that? The, the Parade of parade Champions. Parade of Champions, sorry. They're walking around in a parade. Um, 1.30, and then... So the one, gates open at 12.30. Gates open at 12.30. 1.30, everyone walks around. Parade of Champions. Woo, we're here. Um, and then class, weight classes 106 to 145 will wrestle their first round matches starting at 2. And then weight classes 152 to 285 start at 5.30. Um, if you lose, your season's over. If you win, you move to Saturday. And then everyone's guaranteed three matches Saturday, um, whether they be wrestling you know, through into the championships or consolation brackets. Everyone will go three matches. And those begin Saturday at 9 a.m. Right. The doors open at 8. Um, they will clear the field house after that quarterfinal, semifinal session, mm-hmm. which will go from 9 until into the afternoon and then they'll come back at 3.30, start wrestling at 4.30 for the consoles and then finals are at 7.30. And uh, Valley Sports Indiana will have the championship game or the championship game. Championship yeah. matches will we be on will be on the, on TV if you're so inclined to yeah. take it in that way. If you don't, if you can't make it to Gainbridge Fieldhouse, you can watch it on Valley Sports Indiana. And I believe you can watch all of the first like the early matches uh, through Flow Sports online as well. That's correct. Which I believe I have an account, which I need to get that info to you. So you could watch it. I'll be a nice guy. I don't know. I know password sharing isn't isn't uh, in 
uh, isn't isn't cool anymore. Given Netflix is about to shut all of that down, but I'll 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 be a nice guy. Okay. Well, so Flow Sports doesn't listen to this, and then it cracks down on password sharing. Um, so yeah, any other observations, Steve, from state wrestling? I mean, do you want to give maybe like the general overview for the casual fan? We I know we focused a lot on our guys, but if you're just a casual fan, or if you're going to be watching it and seeing others, like. Who are some people to look out for? What are the teams going down? Like I know we talked about a little bit a little bit about Crown Point, but who can challenge Crown Point? And what are some of the other schools that are going to be in the mix for this team state title? Brownsburg is always very good. Uh, Rochester won the second straight um, Fort Wayne semi state, so they will represent well down there. How high they will finish, it will determine. The, uh, on Friday, uh, that has a lot to do with the draw. But uh, they have draws in other sports, but the draw is in, is, is as is important, more important in wrestling than anything. So, uh, but there's upsets, and then yeah, Crown it's it's Crown Point is definitely the favorite to win it. But those other teams will make make some noise. Yeah, Penn will be heard from. Mishawaka will probably be heard from as far as northern teams. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Always, always competitive. The state tournament. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, it's always one of the more. Um, it's a grueling tournament, man. You gotta obviously wrestling is a grueling sport by nature, but it is hard to win a state championship in wrestling. Well, and a lot of you get to spend a lot of time in your head because you either you go out there and you wrestle, you know, overtime and you go seven periods, you know, and and leave it all out there, or maybe you. Ten and thirty seconds, but then you have an hour and a half to think about the next match. Yeah. Now you want to rest up and in in you know, but that's a lot of time to think. So yeah. So that is wrestling. Um, we have one state tournament already in the books in the state of Indiana, and that is girls swimming. They wrapped up the season this past Saturday at the IU Natatorium in Indianapolis on the campus of IUPUI. And we had three teams go top 13 in the state. Concord 6th, Wawasee 7th, Northridge 13th. Second straight year, we've had that happen where we've had three teams go in the top 13, top 15 overall. Um, Concord scored 129.5. Team points, Wallace had 121, Northridge had 61. Um, you'll be shocked, but Carmel won. 37th straight year. Yes, yes. Uh, but who's counting, right? <laughs> um, they they not only set five state records, but they set a national high school record in the 200-yard medley relay. One thirty-six point nine. They scored just a little under five hundred points. Four ninety-eight. Four ninety-eight. Which beat their own record by about ten or eleven, I think. I look. <laughs> I understand the frustration around Carmel, and I I agree with it. But I mean, come on, a national record? You have to respect that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's insane. It's not just them dominating Indiana. Like, they dominate. They dominate the country. That's what that says. Again, I I don't like it. I don't think anyone outside of Carmel likes it, but it is what it is. Like that's an impressive. It's an impressive record. You can't can't deny the impressiveness. The kids still have to swim 
fast. They still have to train hard to get that type of a time, you know? That's exactly right. I mean, it's not uh, it's not like another sport where you go against another team. You're going against the clock. Well, so that's – you assume that all the pools are of, of equal caliber, especially the natatorium, other places like that. They're like Olympic-style pools, right. which probably helps you your time a little bit, but you still have to train and, and make those times. Either you do or you don't. Right. Um, okay, so there, there's my one caramel note. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Let's talk about our area teams. Concord, again, sixth place as a team. Um, they were able to get top eight in six events, which gets you a podium finish. Um, Katie Brenneman, freshman, was a part of four of those events, two individually, two relays. She was fifth in the 200-yard freestyle, 149.83, and then eighth in the 500 free time of 503.02. Then she was on two relay teams, like I mentioned. Um, the 400-yard free, freestyle relay team with Sophia Stutzman and then both Ella Lance and Audrey Lance was fourth, 327.49. And then Brendeman was joined by Audrey Lance, Bella Sponseller, Maya Ernsberger, eighth place, 200 freestyle, 136.13. They also scored points in the other relay, the 200-yard medley, um, Lance, Ella Lance, Sponseller, Stutzman, Ernsberger, um, they were uh, eighth in that, like I said. Audrey Lance, which I just realized I spelled her last name wrong. Um, I forgot the Z in this story. She's Audrey Lance right now. I got to fix that. I'm sorry, Audrey. I had it right the, all the other times, for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was eighth in the 50-yard freestyle. Um, she also scored points in the 100 butterfly, being 15th. Um, Ella Lance, 13th in the 100, 15th in the 100, or, 13th in the 100 backstroke, 15th in the 100 freestyle. Stutzman was 11th place in the 100 butterfly. And then Riley Robinson, a diver, 11th, uh, 384.30 points scored. She was the only diver that we had from any of our teams, um, 11th place. So congratulations to Riley. Um, kind of fun. Two years in a row, the Brenneman, uh, Brenneman leads Concord at State. Um, I'm guessing Katie Brenneman will be around for a few more years, given she's only a freshman. Um, so just get used to writing the last name Brenneman for all these swim stories. Um, Wallace C was seventh. They best finish in school uh, program history, um, as has been the case. Like I sounds like a broken record, but Julie Mishler, the sophomore, Alexis Mishler, the senior, both. Um, having great performances they were third place and fifth place both respectively in the 50 yard freestyle and the 100 yard freestyle that's kind of weird sister synergy there to both be third and fifth like together in both races that was just strange um did they trade places or they were both they, julie was third in both alexis was fifth in both is what I meant. I hope I don't know if I said that properly, but last year they were like flipped in the races that they did. This year they were in sync. There was like no Julie's finishing third, Alexis is finishing fifth. It's just kind of strange like that. Um, and then they were also on the 200-yard freestyle relay team that was third um, with Kaya Farrington, a senior, and then sophomore Addison Beasley. Um, and then um, they were also on the 200-yard medley relay team with Farrington and senior Hayden Neer, 
That was sixth place. Um, and then Beasley also had a 14th place showing in the 200-yard IM. So they didn't have as many placers as Concord, but obviously the third place is in the fifth place. You know, you get three-thirds and two-fifths and a sixth. Like, that's going to score you a lot of points at the state meet. So that's why they were higher up. Um, they could have they, – it felt like they were going to finish anywhere between third and eighth. So to get seventh was pretty good. They probably wanted more. But, I mean, you can't be disappointed in a seventh-place finish, I feel like, at state. These are the best swimmers in the state. And, you know, Carmel's in a class by itself, so you know that, you know, you know they're going to do well and some of the other teams. So to finish that high Mm -hmm. is an accomplishment. Yeah. And then Northridge, they only had one event reach the podium. Sydney Nethercutt, senior, fifth in the 500 time of 455.55 I hope she played the lottery and used five in all of her numbers um she was also on the 200 free she also did the 200 yard freestyle it was 10th in that um she helped score points on a couple relay teams with Sam Hunter Americus Ingling and Tavia Bratt um Izzy Melvin also was in, at the state meet as a freshman, scored points in the 200 medley relay, um, also the 100 breaststroke. Um, Engling also got individual points in the 100 freestyle, 50 freestyle. So um, not a bad showing for Northridge. Um, a lot of seniors. The only one that was not a senior down there is Melvin, who's a freshman. So, um, you know, Seth Kripe knew first-year head coach. He's going to have to rebuild the program up, uh, get some divers, hopefully, too, build up the diving program with Bob Burns. And um, But, yeah, Sydney Nethercutt, in, a, in the history of Northridge, you know, they have a decorated history, and she's she's on the list of some one of the some of the greatest swimmers in program history. So, congratulations to her on a great career. And, um, yeah, that's girls swimming for the year. How about that? We reached the end. Sad. Um, it was good again. Two years in a row, we've been really lucky and fortunate to have just really good girl swimmers um, and divers, too, obviously, last year with the Northridge Trio. Um, yeah, just it's been fun to have something to look forward to in the pool. So. A lot of laps when you consider they go early in the morning and have rela- workouts after school and not to mention the competitions, a lot of, lot of laps, a lot yeah. of hours in that pool. I don't think I'd want to smell chlorine for a month after the season ends. Like, don't even let me breathe the same air that chlorine is in. I'd be so done with, I'd be so done with the water. I'll, I'll, I'll support the boys team from afar. I'll watch the live stream online. <laughs> uh, boys swimming sectionals this week, Thursday prelims, Saturday finals at Concord High School. Concord, the host, is the favorite to win. We will see who else gets through. I, I really don't. I have a, I had a much better read on the girls and the, in terms of who's going to make it to state and things like that than I do the boys. To be perfectly honest, so, um, kind of Saturday this week, I'm kind of going in blind a little bit. I will do a better job of preparing myself mentally for who we think. Concord has a bunch of events bunch of guys that are going to do well i'm not worried about them it's kind of the everyone else part of it like who from northridge can make it through does wallace get a couple kids through um that'll be interesting to kind of see where 
those guys end up uh, as far as qualifying for state. I don't know how many automatic qualifiers we're going to get compared to the girls meet where we had an automatic qualifier in every event. Well, obviously, we get one winning no matter what. I should say that we had multiple automatic qualifiers in, mul- in pretty much every event. If they had RPI for swimming, you know, there are fast sectionals and there are slower sectionals. Right. So if you're in a slower sectional, you win, you go on. If you don't, chances are not very good for going on. And but if you're in a faster one and you finish second by an eyelash, then you might still get to go to the state. Yeah. Our, our sectionals have traditionally been faster. We do get a lot of the quote-unquote at-large bids for events that maybe didn't automatically didn't either hit the state standard time or didn't win the race so they tend to fill those in in the next 24 to 48 hours after yeah, the race usually by by sunday afternoon we will know who is in they will put out the heat sheets and the psych sheets uh for the state meet so hopefully by sun sunday afternoon we have some clarity on where that we're all at with that so um speaking of also this weekend girls basketball let's do it what's for those who have been waiting patiently to hear us talk about girls basketball we're here um we have two teams that are regional champions one for the first time ever and one is a repeat champion let's start with the new beast bethany christian 1a regional champions for the first time in program history the bruins win the one game regional over Tri-County, 38-30 at Caston High School. Uh, Zoe Willems, 18 points, 12 rebounds. Pretty good performance. Mariah Stolzis hit a couple big threes in the second quarter. Two of them within 14 seconds to change the momentum of the game, give them the lead for good. Um, it was a grinded-out type performance, which the Bruins have kind of been doing all year. And, um, yeah, you just you feel good to see them win uh, a regional championship for the first time. As long as she's been around KPA, Kristen Parson, you feel good about her. She's coached just about every sport they have over there. She yeah. coached on the boys' side. She coached, she's coached the girls for a long time. She's coached softball. She's a, she's played softball at Goshen College. Uh, seems like she's you know part of the fabric over there for a long time. So it's good for her to have success and, and having fun, have a big smile on her face. Yeah. So they are going to the semi-state at Frankfurt High School, home of the Hot Dogs, the most uh, unique nickname I think in the state. Um, it is not a hot dog food. That's one of the. That's one of them. Yeah, it's. I know. Well, do you remember? There's Dur- the Jug Rocks. Yeah, the Brickies at Hobart. Yeah, the Brickies. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember during the pandemic? I believe it was. Um, the show that um, Bob Lovell does, the radio show, but they held a bracket Indiana online. Sports Talk. Yeah, Indiana Sports Talk did a Twitter. I did bracket. not realize that, but that would that that's that's cool because there are some there are some unique nicknames, and then there's ones that that are common. You know, you got mm-hmm. your Wildcats and your Panthers and Cougars. There are a lot of those. I mean, those especially if you go to schools with those nicknames you love those nicknames but yeah. then there's some unique ones yeah so the artesians at martinsville yeah. and i go on and on yeah the um yeah so there is 
Um, but anyway, I'm trying to say they, we're getting we're getting no, no, uh, we did, far afield here. We did a bracket here. for the most unique nickname in in Indiana during the pandemic when we had nothing going on. Um, they took all of the one named, you know, like Minutemen. Minutemen's the Concord's the only Minutemen in the state. I I believe Washington Township is the only Senators as well. Um, Washington Township is who Bethany Christian is playing. They are the Senators. Um, I'm guessing named after one of the Washington Senators were the baseball team back in the day, and they just decided to go Senators. I know that their their baseball gear is very much looking like, you know, the old Washington Senators, mm-hmm. a combination of them and the Nationals with the curly W and yeah. such. Okay. Bethany Christian's playing Washington Township in the second semifinal game at Semi-State. A lot of semis in there. Semifinal, Semi-State semifinal game. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, at Frankfurt High School, Case Arena, uh, where they filmed Blue Chips. So Shaq has been in that gym. Penny Hardaway has been in that gym. At least, you know, in the movie sense. Nick Nolte as well, among others. Um, so they will play the second semifinal game. The first semifinal game is Tri versus Tri Central. So how about that? Semi-state, semifinal. Tri versus Tri Central. Just so many repeating words. The Titans against the Tigers. My, yes, my <laughs> my computer would hate me if I had to type that out. I, it will hate me when I am typing that out later this week. Um, let's focus on the Bethany game, though, first. Obviously, Zoe Williams and Mariah Stolsis are the straws that stir the proverbial drink for Bethany Christian. Um, looking at Washington Township, they are 20-6 and six on the season. Three players really like they kind of have a big three for lack of a better term. They combine to average um, 44.8 points a game, two 15 points right on the dot, and then a 14.8. Um, senior Addison Graff, 15 points, 4.7 rebounds, two about three assists, about three steals a game. Uh, sophomore Claire Klinger, 15 points, five rebounds. Four and a half assists, three steals a game. So she's the leader in pretty much every category for the team. And then Gracie Little is also a sophomore. 14.8 points, about four rebounds, three assists, four steals. So they have, when you look at their stats, it's like those three. They stand out and everyone else, it's, you know, four points, three points, whatever. So... It's, the game plan is probably simple, right? Just slow those players down. And I'm sure Washington Township is looking at the Bethany Christian stats and being like, okay, as long as we slow down Zoe Willems and Mariah Stolzfus, we'll be fine. So you never know, obviously, when you get there. But on paper, the Senators have a three-headed monster on offense. You rarely see a, a team have three 15-point game average scores like that. And not having seen that team play, do they run up and down the floor? Or do they make a lot of three-pointers? No idea. Okay. Because, you know, whatever Bethany likes to do, you know, they dictate the pace and be uh, comfortable with that. But if that other team likes to run up and down the floor, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not. If, yeah. they're, if they're defending them well, then that doesn't mean that they're going to score all those points. Yeah. I'll have a little more detailed look at at Washington Township in our preview story on uh, later this week. Still determining when I'm going to run that, but we will have that obviously before they go down, before, before you know, 
they play. Um, again, that game's at noon Saturday at Frankfurt High School, the Case Arena. Um, the first game, try and try Central Championship game, uh, 8 p.m. if Bethany advances. Try and try Central is 10 a.m. Um, and then Fairfield, they were a 3A regional champion. They knocked off Highland 40-32. to The Trojans tried their best to pull the upset. Was looking a little nervous there for the Falcons midway through the third quarter. Fairfield closed on a 26-11 run to win the game. Um, once again, Bria Garber leading the way, 13 points. Um, she had like five assists, five steals. Like she just does everything, four blocks. Um, she is their leader. Obviously, Bailey Willard, Morgan Gothrop as well, seniors. It's a veteran group. They've been through a lot of games together. Um, it was nervous. It was nervous. I was like, this is what I came on here last week and said I was the most confident in Fairfield winning. So naturally, they played the closest like game of all of our teams and had the biggest scare for losing. Yeah, throwing it, throwing it back. I think of something a wrestling coach said to me. This applies for all sports. It's like if you can go out there and dominate and score a lot of points, don't make it close, and then you're not in any kind of trouble at the end. Well, that's easier said than done. Yeah, to do that. But I know that Brody Garber, you know the the Falcons coach, he likes to have a defensive mindset. If they play well defense. That's where it starts with them. And now they may score 70 points in that game, but it's defense where they get rolling. Yeah. And they get transition buckets that way too, steals and layups and such. Yeah. So they are going to Laporte for semi-state at the Class 3A level. Um, they will play also in the second semifinal game at Laporte at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Laporte time. Um, they play... Tippy Canoe Valley, who sprung an upset over Mishawaka Marion in the regional championship game Saturday afternoon. Um, they beat the Knights by 13 points. I think that was a surprise. I think to a Va- lot of that is an upset, but I think Valley's been on a roll here in the last they part are of good. the season. So right, it's not like Tippy Valley comes into this with a sub 500 record. They're 22 and three, um, so they're pretty good, and they have a very experienced. Roster, their top four scorers are all seniors, led by Cadence uh, Malat. Uh, I hope I said that right. I apologize if I said it wrong. 19.5 points per game, five rebounds, two, two and a half steals a game. So she's pretty good. Um, I believe she is going to college. I remember seeing that pop up. Probably Val tweeted about it. You know, um, I don't want to say Val's last name, so I'm not going to try. Tusaurus. Tusaurus? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Um, so I forgot where he or she's going to college, but, um, so yes. Um, so you got one really good score there for Tippy Valley. Um, and again, Fairfield plays really good defense. The other half of that bracket is, uh, Twin Lakes, 27 and O, the number one team in class 3A, taking on Hamilton Heights. That game is at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The championship game will be at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central start at Laporte. Um, As I said to you off before we started recording, it feels like both Bethany Christian and Fairfield will be playing games to start the day that are like 50-50 toss-ups, like 
I could see Bethany winning. I could see Fairfield winning. Neither would shock me. Um, and if Chalk holds on the other side, they're going to have a tough opponent in the semi-state championship. You're going to be playing the number one team or the number two team in your respective class, right? Try is 25-1. and one. Like I said, Twin Lakes is 27-0. and 0. So you're going to have a hard second game, and you probably feel like you've got a chance to win the first game just because you're a pretty even opponent on the other side. You didn't. The draw didn't hurt them is what I'm trying to say. This blind draw semi-state didn't really hurt Fairfield or Bethany Christian, I feel like. Right. Uh, not that they can't beat anybody in there, but if they didn't draw the the tougher of the two right. for the first game. These numbers tell you that. Right. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to say that, you know, Fairfield or Bethany are lucky to be there or whatever. They're obviously both very talented teams, so you feel good regardless because you're playing well and you're a good team. But it does help when you don't have to play the, the proverbial favorite, like, you know, like a South Bend Washington type team, right, in the first game. So... Um, it will be interesting to see. We will have coverage of all of that. We'll have coverage from state wrestling as well this weekend. So busy, busy stuff. Um, let's talk quickly boys basketball. We had a busy week, um, a newsworthy week. Um, first, let's talk about the off-the-court type of news. Uh, I guess it's on-court but off-court at the same time. Um, John Everingham announced he will be resigning at the end of the season as the Wabasee head boys basketball coach. Um, Steve, I know you've worked directly with Wabasee basketball a lot this year. Um, you've gotten to know I – mean, you know John, obviously, from when he was at Goshen High School. and, and Goshen, he's a 94 grad. Right. I saw him play. I didn't know him as well back then, as I, but I've right. known him over the years. Yes. Um, what was maybe your reaction to the news? I mean, I think there was a little surprise there, given his kids are still in the program, but – you know, I was a little bit surprised. I think some of the some of the pressures from the community in different ways, uh, you know, that he perceived that he went back off, and and, and he, I think he can spend more time, you know, focusing on his sons. Um, he's got three in the program. Two of them start, and one is a freshman. Um, you know, without being the coach, so he'll be around them as much as ever, but just not as the coach. Yeah, so he's um, and he runs the the what is the, the career center down? It's got I can't remember the yeah. name right now, but the right. career center that down there that he's not he has been the head of it before, but he and he may be again at some point. But um, he um, works with that. Uh, if you've ever been to Wawasee basketball um, home games, they have a unique thing that he adapted where they serve a meal mostly during the junior varsity game up on the one end of the floor mm-hmm. and people can come in they can, I think they can buy a whole season's worth or they can buy maybe buy the game or whatever and then the the students that are in the that are learning about cooking um, they're the ones that serve them and then it's kind of a unique thing and I yeah, think cool. and it's a you know I think it raises money for a lot of people the basketball and probably other things as well so he has a lot to do with that yeah i mean they got they got to pay your salary obviously steve so you know <laughs> your big salary that you're charging out there yeah um, yeah so wallace he's got a couple games left in the regular season before sectionals um 
Yeah, I mean, it's a weird a weird tenure for, for John. I mean, a couple of years ago, the school board was about to vote him out as coach, and the community rallied to save his job. And um, the next couple of years, they've been, they were decent, you know, 14 and 10 in the 2020 year, played in the sectional final. They played in the sectional um, final last season. Um, you know, granted – Maybe got a little luck of the draw a couple of those years, but you're still playing for a sectional championship twice on your home court. Um, three out of the last four years, they were in the final game. Um, so, and this year felt like, you know, you got a lot of guys still coming back next year, a lot of younger guys, um, obviously both of his kids. Um, but, yeah, it just um, it felt like maybe, you know, he just wanted to take his – take his time and be able to be a dad and not have to worry about the stresses of coaching and um i think that's a lot of it right there the weird i'm just gonna go weird because it, it had weird moments the john everingham tenure at wallace C. well that, that that's that's that might be a fair way to say it i mean this season and, and the, the the reason he did it when he did because he thought it was fair to uh to let the let the boys know before i mean he could have said this was my last game, you know, moments after that, whenever that season ends. Mm-hmm. But he said, well, let's do it now. Mm-hmm. And that might have something to do with it. He's been working with these guys and he and he, he lives with two of the varsity players and his younger son is a JV player. So Right. So um, so that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. The So Wallace C will be looking for a new basketball coach. Um, on the court. On the court this past week, Northwood continues its great season, winning at number four in 3A West Noble uh, by eight. Kind of a comeback victory there. Good good competitive first three quarters. Northwood kind of pulled away late. Ian Rosh with a couple big plays. Kate Brenner had a big run in the third quarter. Uh, Northwood, they're just um, – they don't – it's weird because, like, they only play six guys – Normally, so they're not like deep, but their depth is just really good of their talent. Like they're they've got, got six guys that have played a ton of varsity basketball, and they kind of know what they're doing. They don't really make a lot of mistakes. Like, and it's hard to beat a team like that. And especially too, you got two kids at the top there: Cade Brenner and Ian Rosh, two college commits, um, both going to the Crossroads League, both going to be a thousand point scorers. For their career, Cade Brenner already there. He's four points away from 1,300. Ian Rosh is four points away, as of his taping, to 1,000. So, barring something unforeseen, both guys are going to have, you know, Ian will probably be north of 1,100 by the end of his career here, and Cade will be, you know, closing in on four, 13 or 1,350, 1,400. You usually have something pretty special if you got two guys on the or two girls on the same team with 800 points. If you got 2,000 points, even if they're not in the same class, but if they're playing at the same time, you know you're, yeah. you're talented. Yeah, so, and then they beat Mishawaka. Mishawaka was, out, was without their two leading scorers, um, so they were kind of not what Mishawaka has been the first two months of the year so far. Um, so they're 7-0, second straight unbeaten NLC season. They already had the conference title wrapped up last week, but it's nice to go 7-0. Like, I, they probably wanted that. Be 7-0, two years in a row, the unquestioned king of the NLC the last two years, Northwood. 
at least right, in boys unanimous, basketball. They, unanimous is always better. Right. And then West Noble, they bounced back, beat Columbia City Saturday night. Nice win. They can win the NECC outright Saturday night at Angola. Angola is, I believe, 6-13 and 13 on the season. Um, if they, for some reason, stumble, they get another chance to win an outright the following week at Garrett, who is winless in the NECC. So what I'm saying is I feel pretty good about West Noble's chances of winning the conference title outright. They're two up with two games left. Westview is now sitting in second place all by themselves after they beat Prairie Heights, and then Lakeland beat Central Noble. Lakeland's having a nice year. Um, just want to give them a shout-out. I know we don't cover them really anymore, but that's a nice shout-out. They're having a nice year. Um, so, yeah, that that's the 3A level. Northwood's still number one in 3A. West Noble's still number four in 3A. The new poll came out this week uh, about an hour before we started recording, and they, they maintained their number four spot. Um, Northridge, three wins in a row now. They've had a bizarre season. Seven and one start, and then they lost eight in a row, and now they've won three in a row, so they're 10 and nine. So I can't, I don't, when you look at their schedule, the eight games that they lost in a row are against pretty good teams. So it wasn't like the only one in there that was kind of like, what's going on is Plymouth. It's the only loss that was a head scratcher. Every other game was like, you know, Noblesville, Mishawaka, Northwood, right, Chesterton, like pretty good teams. Um, so they're, you know, not saying they were allowed to lose those games, but those were tough games to win to begin with. A lot of other teams would have struggled with those that schedule. So now they've rallied. They've won three in a row, including over Concord on Friday night. So they're playing better. It's always exciting, right? They can – They can. I've seen them – Run, uh, I think when they run and pass the ball and doesn't care, doesn't really care who's scoring the basketball. Which I don't know that they were ever were doing that to begin with, but uh, that's they're really they're really clicking when they're doing that. Yeah, and then uh, Fairfield had a three and zero week this past week. They beat Bethany Christian, Fremont, and then Elkhart Christian. So um, all of a sudden, the Falcons went from four and twelve to seven and twelve. That just looks better, feels better, you know. They had lost like six or seven in a row, too, and now they've kind of maybe found some mojo going into the final couple weeks. Um, it's hard for them. They're in a sectional with Northwood and West Noble and a good Lake, good Lakeland team right now. Like, um, But Fairfield beat Lakeland back in November. so And it's weird. Lakeland is like 13-6, and six, but they've lost to all four of their potential sectional opponents. They lost to Wabasee, lost to Northwood, lost to West Noble, lost to Fairfield. Not all of the schedules look the same, but there are a few schools that are playing the 14th, which is the day we're right. recording this, and then they don't play again until the 24th. So that's a 10 days in between. Uh, sometimes they play every week, they play at least two games, and sometimes they play three. So that's kind of a unique deal, but I guess they can put their sectional uh, plans together, maybe heal up if they got some hurts and some sickness and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so that might work into their favor yeah and so the sectional brackets come out this sunday 5 p.m show starts at 5 p.m on the ihsa network um greg breakstraw i'm sure will be there bob lovell i'm sure will be there i'm sure paul Nighting will make a cameo um 
who oversees basketball for the IHSA. Is it Robert Falcons? I forgot who oversees basketball. Robert Falcons is wrestling, so I don't. He probably doesn't have boys basketball. Yeah. Um, whoever football over... and wrestling and baseball, I believe, is or is whoever thing. oversees boys basketball will be on there as well. Um, plenty of analysis. Strap in. Goes from five to seven p.m. So if you're in four a, if you're in four a sectional sixteen. You're watching the whole thing, and and it, what's fun is that these teams will get together and watch the, or, yeah. wherever they'll go to somebody's house or they'll go to a restaurant or something. It is cool. Make a whole party out of it. It is cool, but it's like it's a long show, long show. And then um, shortly, shortly thereafter, those things become available in right. written form, in press release form. Yeah, makes you think. Couldn't we just do that to begin with? Just my my two cents. Well, they're read- <laughs> I like they're, I get why they do it, but it's- they're reading something that's already that's already taken place. It's not they're not pulling the numbers as they go, right? Because they which, got a production value, you know. Which was cool, by the way. The girls' basketball semi state on Saturday on Sunday, you actually got to watch Paul Knighty like put the pin the ping pong balls in the machine and see them pop out of the machine. Like that was actually cool. It was cool to actually see that. As dumb as that sounds, like it wasn't like riveting television, but it was. Well, people watch fun the, to see it. People live. watch the Hoosier Lottery, but that's there, there's a different reason they watch that. Well, right, there's a financial stake. Um, <laughs> but it was it was fun to like, not just them say it, you know, like you actually got to see the you no know, Nighty drop the balls in there, and then they soup up, and you could see where they're placed at. Like, it was like a cool like transparency type of moment like oh this is how it actually looks when they do this i know why they don't do it for sectionals that's 64 to go through we that would be pretty boring after 10 like right eight right we we would add a half an hour to this podcast that we started talking about seating and all that kind of stuff maybe maybe another day yes okay (laughs) maple leaf minute maple leaf minute dante stanton here to give you a recap on a, another eventful week of Goshen College Athletics. Dante. Hey, Michiana, I'm Dante, reporting for 91 with the Globe with a look at your Maple Leaf Minute. We'll bounce back to this past Tuesday. Men's volleyball was on the home court and fell in four sets to the seventh-ranked Indiana Tech Warriors. Ishmael Bangura again led the Maple Leafs with 12 kills on the afternoon. Men's volleyball would get three days of rest before their next matchup on Saturday. They hit the road and lost to Calumet College of St. Joe on Friday in four sets. Rejection errors marred the Leafs as they picked up 11 in the loss. Men's basketball was on the home court, looking to keep their chances at a Crossroads League tournament appearance alive against Grace College on Wednesday night on fight together night, the Leafs fell 91-67. The men were back on the home court yet again on Saturday and fell to Spring Harbor University 73-60. Redshirt senior Kedrick Bibby was honored on senior night. To the women's side, the Leafs were also taking on Grace on Wednesday. They fared well through three quarters, but trailed by just four going into the fourth, ultimately falling 69-56. Moving to Saturday, four Maple Leafs were honored in a senior day loss to Spring Harbor University, Emily Brandenberry, Cedre Rougeau, Jasmine Vargas, and Susanna Yoder. Goshen fell 81-70 after being outscored 26-19 in the final quarter. The GC softball team began their regular season on Friday bright and early on the road in doubleheader fashion against Concordia, Ann Arbor, and Lawrence Tech. The Leafs fell first 8-0 in five innings and then 4-0 in the second matchup of the day. And finally, a handful of Maple Leafs went to the Grand Valley State University Big Meet this past weekend. Drew Hogan closed in on the school record time of the mile, but three other athletes cleared personal bests on the season. That does it for your Maple Leaf Minute. Tune in next week for more Goshen College Athletics. Thank you, Dante, for that sports update. Also, one other Goshen College note. Uh, Women's volleyball hired a new coach, Jeff Phillips. 
and he was the varsity coach at Wallace C the last couple of years, girls' side, and now he's been hired to run the Maple Leafs. So congratulations, Jeff. Um, he had a decent run at Wallace C. They, they were good the last couple of years. They were in a tough sectional with Northwood. Northwood's been the kind of the standard bear program, for lack of a better term. I don't know if that was the right – that sounded right. Um, the standard and Fairfield then getting in there this past year. But uh, Wallace C's been competitive – Really, really solid the last handful of years, and congrats to Jeff on getting that new role with uh, women's volleyball. Good deal. I believe that he's going. That's going to be a full time thing. So yeah, I think he's leaving Wawasee. He's going to have to leave Wawasee. Yeah, to coach Goshen College. So, uh, congratulations to him. Um, quickly, we'll do one last little thing here before we get out. Um, Super Bowl Fifty Seven in the books. 38-35, Chiefs over the Eagles. Um, Steve, any observations on uh, Super Bowl 57? Um, they need to get an, a less sloppy field to play on. Yes. Uh, I think maybe they cut the grass too short, but I'm not a turf expert. Yeah, they, they made a specialty grass for the game. Like, they spent two years growing this special grass, and then everyone slipped. So I don't. I think they spent like a million dollars to to make yeah. that field. Yeah. Well, it didn't go that well. So I guess that was money not well spent. Um, it was a great game though, despite all the slipping and sliding. And uh, I thought Rihanna's halftime show was good. Um, wasn't anything spectacular, but uh, as I tweeted out Sunday night, it's just good to have Rihanna back in our lives. You know, we hadn't seen her in a while. It's been seven years. She was like. I, I know you're a little older than me, Steve, so you, you might not. I know who Rihanna is. I don't yeah, know that. I'm not that's saying. not necessarily my favorite kind of music. But. <laughs> I, I, my point is going to be here that I wasn't trying to call you old, I promise. Um, but when I was growing up, Rihanna was like a big deal. Like she was, all of her songs were on the radio. Like she was kind of the soundtrack of like middle school and high school for me. So like, you know, for her to not perform for five, six, seven years, it was like, whoa, like, where's Rihanna? Like, what's she doing with her life, you know? So it was just good to see her again. It was like, oh, well, she she's wasn't still performing alive. at all anywhere. Right. She, like, literally did not do a show for, like, seven years before Sunday. Okay. And then she announced to the world that she's pregnant. And all of a sudden, it's at the Super Bowl. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just cool I know to that, hear I know all the Rihanna I know music. everybody likes to talk about the halftime show, and they look forward to that. But you're never going to have a halftime show with what everybody's going to be happy about the right. act because there's so there's so many different tastes and right. whatever that you can't make everybody happy. And people want to see like, oh, like one of the critiques of the halftime this year was just like, oh, she didn't really do a lot, right? It was just, it was a, just kind of her singing. Like, yeah, they had the floating stages and the weird dancing people. But like, you know, you've seen other shows in the past with a lot more flair, moving pieces than what Rihanna did. But again... She's like five months pregnant. I don't know much, how much she, she could have done, you know. Right, to, her doctor probably is counter, that's counter. Let's not to have her fly around or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so good halftime show. I think last year's was better with uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem. That was kind of a cool, like, hodgepodge of, like, awesome. For me, at least, I like that. Um, no one's beating Prince. Prince was the best. In the rain, the only sad part about that day was the Bears 
losing the game to the Colts. But um, I know that'll offend some people on here. Um, but uh, the Prince halftime show is still the best, I think. Singing Purple Rain in the Rain. Like, nothing beats that, right? Nothing beats that. Right. Uh, did they, like, um, seed the clouds so they made it shirt it rain? Yeah. You know, it was just awesome. It was just a great... It was a great moment seeing Prince sing Purple Rain in the Rain in Miami. Um, so, yeah. All right. That's it. I don't really, we don't really got to talk about much else. Um, I know we're, we're busy with our lives, so we got to do things. Thank you, Steve, once again for coming on. We always appreciate it. I always appreciate your help. Uh, check out all of Steve's wrestling content coming this week to GoshaNews.com. He also will be doing stuff, I'm sure, for every other publication in the northern half of the state because that's what he just does, man. You're you're a workhorse, Steve, and and we we appreciate that you work for us. And thanks every for once in a thanks while. for having me. Yeah, all right, that'll be this week's podcast. We'll be back next week. Again, bunch of bunch of stuff to recap. Everything we just talked about, previewing stuff, will be coming back next week. So make sure to tune in then. <laughs>